0: Welcome to The Brand Female, I'm Ava Hartling. Every week, I speak with a different woman leader about her journey so we can all be inspired and empowered by our mutual stories. If you like our show, I'd like to invite you to listen to another podcast we just started producing at The Brand Female. It's called Everyday Ubuntu by the inspiring Mungi Ngomane, author and human rights activist. Her guests are personalities from different backgrounds who believe in our common humanity and who are helping make our world a better place. Look for Everyday Ubuntu on the podcast platform of your choice and hit subscribe. Laura Nesri founded Maison Tess, a business idea she had after she searched high and low for the perfect stylish bedding for her own home and realized that there was a gap in the market. Q and her new venture focus on beautiful sheets made of eco-certified natural fibers, including cotton and linen, sourced in Europe from ethical agriculture and marketed from Canada. Maison Test, despite being focused on one specific category in homewares and using a direct-to-consumer channel only, saw rapid success and sustained growth. Laura teaches us that it's never too late to act on our entrepreneurial dreams. Before we get to our conversation, I want to thank our sponsor. This season of our podcast is brought to you by TD Bank Group, the Women Entrepreneurs. TD helps women entrepreneurs achieve success and growth through its program of educational workshops, financing and mentorship opportunities. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and follow the link to find out how TD can help.
1: I actually didn't always know I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I actually didn't know that I was a good entrepreneur until I started Mesothèse. Um When um, in 2017, I had had two kids in two years, and I remember being home a lot at that point in my life. And I wanted to redecorate. I just wanted to redo my space because I was home, and like I'm an avid consumer, so I told myself that there should be a website where I could go online and kind of redecorate the way that I saw fit or with the mood that I was having just like an easy click to purchase experience and I couldn't find it and I couldn't believe that I couldn't find it because like I just mentioned being such a a consumer I'll buy anything that I think is that is online and that I think is cool and if that wasn't there for me then I told myself that there was definitely a big gap in the market so with that in mind I started doing a bit of research I stepped away from everything online. I decided to go to bigger stores and kind of get inspiration and see what the offering was. And it was just like not at all what I was looking for as a consumer. I was looking to find a brand that I was almost like that I had a relationship with where trust was there and where image was there and where almost a sense of intimacy was there and storytelling and there was mm-hmm. none of that. And in the home, it's it's so important to have that experience, especially when you're selling home, to be able to tell that story. And I just, I saw an opportunity there, not because of the opportunity itself, but because the story is relatable to so many homeowners that I felt like I could be the one to tell it.
0: Simple as that. And did you always have a passion for, because it's wanting to be, you know, looking for interior design uh, objects for a home, but you decided to really start a brand and and literally make choices, curate, you know, the products that you're finding.
1: Um, so my interest mainly was in textiles. I always liked fabric. Mm. I always liked clothing. I always had an eye for it. Um, I lived in Paris for a few years. So to say the least, it's very present everywhere you go. So it's also like a family thing. Like we were born into it. We, we know fabric and it's something that's almost innate. So my love for fabric was there. I hundred percent and my love for living well whatever that can mean to whoever but just living um a good life in my personal space having people over having family over and just having different pieces that sometimes remind you of a trip or it could remind you of a birthday or a picture Mm -hmm. you know like old pictures that you might like take on like I have um one of the first pictures I took with my husband is the, you know like those passport pictures and yep. mm-hmm. it carried, it carried me for like 12 years now of just printing them in different ways and making frames out of them. And there's that sentimental aspect. So the love of textile with the love of living well to me was the fusion of tests. It really had to come together and it was it didn't require much thought. It was just and it was evident for me that okay. these two should go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. So, from the point when you had
0: that idea, and then going into actually launching the brand, um, what did you put together? A business plan? Was it was this really just following your inspiration, your intuition? Yeah. Tell so I was.
1: Um, that path. I'm not. I'm not a business plan kind of person. I'm a yeah. feel it and go kind of person. I, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you 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 have a rational minds. I'm bringing up my husband again, who was like, but you're crazy, what are you gonna do? Like you have to research the market. I'm, I'm researching no market, I am the market. And if there is no product for me, then I know for a fact that, that there is no product for other thousands of women who are in my age group, who are in my demographic. So I, I went for it. I went for it because I believed it so deeply that mm-hmm. it, like like I just said it wasn't a research it wasn't something that was rational it was something that was emotional and instinctive like this needs to come together why don't our homes look like our wardrobes where we can express ourselves and have different things and feel different things and showcase them and now more than ever like the home is such a sacred space you know we, we've all mm-hmm. spent so many months at home now that um we know the importance of that and and I have to say that that this these past four months really demonstrated that my intuition was right on there is a lot of people who jumped on the mise test boat and who are becoming you know very loyal customers and customers who love the brand and who feel the brand like like in a way that we try and showcase it so yeah that, that that's pretty much it <laughs> listening to your intuition paid off basically it's a female trait <laughs> right how do
0: you uh, tell me about that process for you of? and and you know that seems like it was it was very uh, it was instinctual for you to have that idea and set it up but when you make business decisions now do you rely on intuition still is that a process that no is we're at a yeah. point
1: where we need numbers you know because it's all nice mm-hmm. to to dream and everything but all the ideas come from from a vision and the vision is aligned with so many different things it could be historical data this has proven to work in the past this didn't prove to work in the past and it also has to do with intuition like I know that my consumers will want to see that I know that my consumers like this is the way that we need to talk to them and this is the way that we keep them intrigued in the brand so it could go from different choices of of products that we'll introduce to the brand to a different way of speaking to them Um, in a way I'm lucky because like I mentioned I myself am a test consumer not because Mm -hmm. I purchased from it but because I built it around me and what I like and all of the employees that we have here are somewhere somehow a test consumer for different reasons all of them so it's kind of easy to to preach that
0: language and tell me about setting out and finding suppliers so you had the idea for the brand you knew that was the direction you wanted to go to Mm. it's not that easy finding the right partners and obviously you're you're not making the, you had to source a product that you're selling. Yeah. So how, how did that work out?
1: So that, that was the biggest challenge for me. So it was a two, two-tier kind of thing. I was building a brand so it could go from branding to mission to values to, you know, all the things that will make up a brand and answer the question, why test? What makes us different? Why are we buying? So, so, so I was building all of that. Like I was doing the skeleton kind of work and mm-hmm. in parallel I was sourcing. So I knew what I didn't want. I didn't want to have products that were made in China. I wanted something that was a bit more premium in terms of quality. I also wanted a sense of control over who was working in the factory, how they were working. You know, I wanted to know that it was a human experience. And what I mean by that is, when I go to my manufacturer in Portugal, um, if it wasn't so awkward, I'd hug everybody. Like, I feel like yeah. I could, I could be like, hey, I'm so thank you for, you know, for producing our goods and whatever. There's a human experience. And there's also a lot of respect and care that go into mm. that production. So, to find them was a very, uh, like it was hard. Um, I ended up going the garment road and trying to find different people in that industry who could lead me to the betting industry. Mm-hmm. I'm fast forwarding. I end up speaking to a girl who, who is a sales rep. And I thought I hit the big time because she told me that she was producing for Zara home. And I said to myself, Oh my God, this is amazing. I found, I found what I'm looking for. I'm sure that Anyways, at the end of the line, she ended up producing Baby, Zara, and the machines for Baby are way smaller than the machines oh, wow. for kids, right? Because <laughs> okay. you can't have right. a stitch in the middle of a. You need like mm. a two meter long um, machine. And so we had this whole phone conversation in my head. I'm like, oof, that's it. We're done. Like sourcing, check. And so I'm like, okay, so I want to do Queen, King. She's like, oh, no, 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 no. We do kids. I'm like, What do you mean you do kids? (laughs) She's like, I thought I was done with this. She's like, oh, no, no, we do kids. I'm like, do you know anyone, anyone who does this? She's like, "I, I really have to go, but you know, try this person in Portugal and that person ended up being my partner until today so it's 4 years now and mm-hmm. after 4 years of ordering we've officially become one of their top 10 customers so we're extremely proud of the road that we've taken within the same manufacturer and and like i mentioned a few um a few minutes ago um it's a human relationship where you have mm-hmm. someone who's an ocean away telling you, like, I remember my first order, it was 20 white fitted sheets. Like there is no risk there. And having someone who believes in you and who, you know, kind of thinks that you're a bit like crazy, like you're doing weird colors and you're also a woman on the other side of the, of the line. Like, listen, I'm Mm -hmm. telling you this is going to work. So go try and pitch this intuition and this dream and this vision to a man who's in Portugal, like not sure. And so like first order was 20 white fitted sheets, like really low volumes. I remember like if it was 16, I would like hope they would give me 10 and I had to negotiate because I didn't want to risk it. And now we're part of their ten, top 10 customers and, and they produce for like a lot of companies in Canada and in the US. So it's it's a beautiful path. And, and this partnership that we've built with them is really, um, to me, it's emotional. I really Mm -hmm. care about them. I I really think they care about us. And when we go, like when I go visit them, like it's not a handshake, it's a hug. We go for lunch. We, We really spend time. They ask me about my family, my kids. And I take a lot of pride in that. And A lot of different um, sourcing, a lot of different uh, manufacturers will reach out to us now because these these manufacturers are always looking for new online businesses. And sometimes the prices are a bit more advantageous in the new ones, but I Mm -hmm. wouldn't compromise that price point, that 1% that I'd be saving at the end of the year has no has no emotional value to me and I would much rather pay that premium and know that I'm in good hands where people are properly treated and where our products like when I came back from Portugal in January I told uh, my sister who works with me I said I'm really proud to sell these products like I know how they make them and the process just makes so much sense to me that I'm proud to sell this and I wouldn't I wouldn't change that.
0: And when you talked about uh, choosing, so you wanted to work with a company that wasn't in China, and you, you know, you yeah. speak Portugal. Uh, what are the reasons behind that? So I'm, I'm, I'm guessing this connects to core values, you know, for you
1: as so. An it's core values for us. Transparency is key. The first uh, thing is that our business is direct to consumers. So we've uh, consciously chosen to have manufacturer, maisontes. And then the consumer. So there is nothing in the prices that can affect this. There are no wholesalers. There are no, we have no overhead in terms of retail stores and things like that because everything is done online. So that to me was huge to find a manufacturer who is able to ship to me directly. Then there is the whole um, notion of certification. So back to transparency. Oeko-Tex certified, BCI certified. Um, members of bci i'll explain all of them Uh, linen is sustainable and it's hypoallergenic Um, Mm -hmm. we do a lot of elements in our business that try and reduce carbon footprint so all of the above if i start with the first one oecotec certification simply means that all the chemicals and the dyes that we use are safe for the environment the workers using it and once that that dye is thrown back into in, into the ground essentially it's not destructive to nature that was a huge mm-hmm. one for us secondly is BCI so right now maison test is part of BCI better cotton initiative and it makes sure that um, all of the farmers who cultivate the the cotton flower are properly paid um, that the water that they use for these flowers is 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 in respect with the environment and kind of like using green energy, you inject green energy into, into our electrical system. Right now we're injected injecting positive cotton or positive to the environment cotton in the um, in the labor force so that's something that's very Mm -hmm. important in portugal also they're part of european union so we know that wages are respected we know exactly that there's nothing fishy going on there there's complete control over that and then lastly one of the elements that i really wanted to develop for tests when we were building it was linen like i mentioned i live in paris for a long time and linen is everywhere and there is you know, not only is there a very aesthetic feel to it because it's very relaxed and it's also very uh, premium, but there's also the fact that it's hypoallergenic and sustainable. Mm-hmm. So these right. these elements to me were very important. And lastly, this has nothing to do with manufacturers, is reducing carbon footprint. In our return policy, we really encourage our customers to ask us for swatches. So we'll free of charge, send them little pieces of fabric so they can pick and choose colors. And we mm-hmm. don't have to waste so much like oh well i don't like the color ship it back we don't like right. that so much you know we, we ask our consumers to you know they value a small medium-sized business they should also you know put effort into the way that they are consuming because yes it's mm-hmm. our policy we'll return the goods no problem you didn't like it but you know it's money that is basically thrown it's a post canada guy who's coming who's picking up who's putting it in his yeah. truck so all of that two times where we could free of charge truck send emissions as well Mm -hmm. So we ask our customers to to take that into account, and that's that's really big for us. Um, So we take that very seriously. And... We also do a lot of pre-orders because we, we were lucky enough to have a lot of success that uh, oftentimes we had to sell products that were not necessarily in stock. And so people mm-hmm. would purchase ahead of time. And we asked them to respect that we will send all of their goods in one package. So if they bought one item that's in stock and one item that's in pre-order to reduce carbon footprint, we by default, we send one package. If they, they insist and they want to receive two, then no problem, we'll send them two. But that these are little that we take really seriously because we think that everyone has has a role to play. So
0: tell me about the first moment when it felt like, okay, this business idea is actually working and it looks like we have a success here. What was that moment for you?
1: Um, I think it started happening last year in November. I got approached by um, I got approached by VCs, Venture Capitals, mm-hmm. who basically in in a short wanted to inject money in my business. So I had been running for 24 months. I was doing it alone with my sister. A lot of people came to see us and they thought we had a whole team. We were really just two in our inventory, was in our office and so, it was just like a lot, you know, we did it all. And, um, and when they came knocking at my door and they said like, listen, we really like what you're doing. We think your project is really interesting, et cetera, et cetera. I went through the whole process with them and it lasted up until January. And it's basically like, They interview you like a talent agency. They want to know Mm -hmm. if you as an entrepreneur has what it takes, if you have the brains, if you have the determination, how much can you take on, you know, like how much can you take as an entrepreneur? They really ask you like hard hitting questions. And they also, of course, look at your business model and your revenue, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought for sure that I was going to go in that direction because I told myself like, where am I going to find this kind of support financially and this kind of networking because when you go into this road you also have a lot of different um well you have a big network that's open to you of people who want to invest in your business etc so i thought i was going that direction for sure and one morning i woke up and someone who's very important to me in my business said laura there is a board of 10 men who are knocking at your door today for something that you've done single-handedly for 24 months who want to invest X amount of dollars in your business and take 50% do you think that you need them and at that point I was like hell no there is no way that I'm having a board of 10 guys tell me what I'm gonna do and how I'm gonna do it when I've proven that I can do it by myself and Mm -hmm. to say no to them gave me so much strength inside of me that I actually realized like hey you're probably doing something that you don't even realize is amazing. They realize that it's amazing. So you for sure don't need them. And at that moment, I think I, 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 I realized that I was going in the right direction. I wouldn't say that I've made it or that I'm doing something fabulous. I'm doing what I think is cool. Mm-hmm, I just like, mm-hmm. I think it's cool. I think it's great. I don't feel like I'm doing something different. I'm just thinking that I'm doing something that makes sense to me.
0: This season of The Brand is Female is made possible with the support of TD Bank Group, Women Entrepreneurs. Confidently building your business takes sound advice plus guidance to the right connections, tools, and resources. As a woman entrepreneur myself, I know I need all the support I can get. What's great about TD Services for Women in Business is their collaboration-based approach. They work with both internal and external partners that can provide education, financing, mentoring, and community support. TD employees are able to be proactive in the advice and guidance they give to women in business. They can facilitate and connect you to workshops, coaching, and mentorship opportunities. And they engage other like-minded business leaders in an authentic way so we can share experiences and learn from each other. Let's also talk about what's happened over the past few months. So, COVID hit, global pandemic, um, has COVID, and we know several sectors in in manufacturing and fashion have been affected in retail overall, uh, you know, across the world, really. Um, Has it had an impact on your business? And I have a follow-up question to that. Do you think that consumer behavior is changing as a result of what we've been going
1: through? Yeah, for sure. Um, So, yeah, COVID definitely hit our business. Um, I have to say in a positive way. We had been in the online business for three years before COVID hit. So we were able to build a following and a brand awareness that, encouraged people to make that first purchase during covid um the home space really exploded during this time slash the online so we were a bit of both so for Mm -hmm. us it was really um impressive growth during the past three months as a retailer um it was positive but i don't have stores I don't have wholesalers. I don't have people right. who owe me something. It's a direct relationship between my consumers and myself and everything is done online. I had the, I had the, the chance that my manufacturer in Portugal didn't close their doors. Wow. And so I continued looking. production. Yeah, I continued production and I, I made very big volume orders because the demand was there. And to answer your follow-up question yes consumer behavior has changed drastically and in my opinion um the world is going to go back to normal eventually but these purchasing habits are not going to change people Mm -hmm. are going to continue um purchasing consuming the way that they have during covid because we are going to be, um, we're not going to forget COVID and it's going to affect us. And if we could reduce, like going to buy certain things, I think that people will take advantage of doing it online in a company that they trust, uh, rather than going out in the street, maybe in a bigger store to do the same kind of purchase. And it's Mm -hmm. also why we've developed the whole, like I mentioned before, sending out samples and things like that to make the experience, um, more tangible for the customer.
0: What is the biggest challenge for you at this point
1: in your company's growth? Um, I think that it's um, putting a financial not a, putting a financial vision to my intuitive vision. I feel like mm. it's gonna go boom. But how do you put in numbers? Boom. How do you know, like, listen, I need to order X amount of dollars to make sure I cover all my sales? We've recently opened in the United States. And so we're getting traction. How do you predict, like, that's such a big market? When do you invest? How do you, that for me is a very big challenge because although I feel like it's going to go boom, I also can't, you know, like just spend uh, without having um, the right kind of team behind me. So I finally built that kind of financial team around me and now we're building on making projections and, you know, first three years, does this work? Yes. Now that it works. Okay. Let's get the right team on and let's budget that into the next three years of how we're going to make it grow.
0: And then I want to change course a little bit. I want to ask you about your definition of success. And if I had asked you that same question five years ago or even earlier, uh, how different would the answer have been?
1: You know, for me, the definition of success is to be heard. I think that any entrepreneur today wants to have a voice and wants to be heard. And that to me is success. Success is not monetary for me. Um, Mm -hmm. it's always nice, you know, to be able to do what you want when you want it, but never once in this, um, in this adventure was my goal of financial success. My goal is to have my mission be heard, to have my story be heard and Mm -hmm. to say like, you know what, I'm a female entrepreneur and I did it just as good as any other person out there. And that is, that is my definition of success. And it, it really like, I don't think that if you asked me that, 10 years ago, I'm not sure it would have been different. It's to be heard.
0: Tell me about women leaders who have inspired you along the way and you've referred to you know being being a woman entrepreneur at the, at the helm of your brand. Does that come from strong female role models maybe when you were growing up or is there is there someone in more you know recent years that you find uh, more inspiring?
1: I think that it's a mix. I'm—I've I'm, never been someone who had a role model that was someone I didn't know. Like you know, when you're younger, you have like you love maybe a singer or an actress mm-hmm. or whatever. I was never really that type of person. I love people I know, and different things about different people touch my heart, and that to me is what makes, um, you know, someone as who makes a female entrepreneur a real strong character it's because she's able to take from different things you know I I could give you an answer like my mother of course she inspires me she inspires Mm. me every day she did so much for us as children she was beyond you know what a mother could do like in terms of advice and support and empathy like all of these things for sure but then there's other women who are completely different than my mother who also inspire me who had different hardships and that pain that kind of that aspect of being broken a little bit that really touches me and then you have you know you have women who have a ton of friends I always wondered like how do these girls have so many friends like how many (laughs) things can you save I don't know I don't know how they do it I'm super like I'm super touched by that. I'm like, I wish I had the personality to say what I had in my heart to so many different people and just like open Mm. up like that. I could never. So, you know, taking on all these different things, it goes back to the home because when you go home as a woman, you've taken on so many different stories. You feel so many things. I feel like sometimes people walk by me like, I don't want to feel what I know they're feeling. I'm not going to say anything. Like, Mm. I don't want to open that. I don't want to go there. It's all of these things that, you are able to take on from other women, from that intuition, from that emotion that you feel from these other women, that I think build who you are. I don't know if I really answered your question, but it's all of these different yeah, things that 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 make it uh, that make it a, a role model. It's it's mm. really just like a mix of all these different people, these different women. As an entrepreneur, what's your definition of leadership? Um. Again, someone who has a clear vision and a clear path and and who does it with passion and who surrounds herself, himself, with people who have the same passion. Passion mm. is key. It's so important that the people that surround you feel the excitement and the love that you have for your own project and that they understand that this is a collective thing and not an individual thing because it really isn't, right. you know? Yeah, yeah
0: hmm. Yeah, it's the power of the team. Yeah. Um, what would be your top advice? So for someone, maybe a young woman who's thinking of starting a business in a similar industry, what would mm-hmm. be your top advice for them?
1: My top advice to them would be to build something that is representative of who they are. That's very important, because if you're building it based on you, you're never going to make a mistake. Because it's authentic, it's who you are, and you don't have mm-hmm. to build that. You don't need to tell a story around it because it's who you are. I think right. that's the number one thing that's that's really, really important is to build something authentic because mm-hmm. it's it's gonna grow, you're gonna grow, it's gonna grow, it's, there's a natural aspect to it, and I think that that's very important. And to keep your eye on the prize, look straight ahead, don't let anyone tell you otherwise. And if you believe in it stick to it it takes a good 3 years really of 3 years of highs and lows of working of of building of not being sure if you're doing the right thing but if you stick to it and if you believe in it it'll happen and and mm-hmm. another thing don't spend stupidly cuz like as an entrepreneur sometimes you think that oh if i spend this with this agency or this instagram or no the answer is no It will not make a difference in anything that you do. What makes a difference is the time and effort you put over time. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. There's no like
1: golden ticket. It's not like you Mm -hmm. can't pay to play. You have to really, you have to demonstrate what makes you different. And that takes time. Oh, and that's also another good advice that my dad gave me. He said, um, you have time. Don't rush it. As an entrepreneur, we always think we're late we mm, always right. think we miss the season. Oh, I miss that color. Right. Oh, I missed that season. Oh shit. I should have done that. But you're the only one who feels it because you're the entrepreneur and you're like in there, but the consumer doesn't see that. So don't think that you're in a rush. You're not mm-hmm. in a rush. You right. have time.
0: Right. And in closing, my, my favorite question to ask guests on the podcast is what do you wish women would do more of?
1: Stop feeling guilty stop mm-hmm. feeling guilty. You know, you, you can feel guilty all day, every day. Oh, I didn't go pick up my kids. Oh, I didn't do that. Oh, I didn't make time for this. Stop feeling guilty. You know, you pick your, your, you pick your problems in life. I swear, depending on what you want to do, you choose your problems. I told myself that I wanted to be a working mom because I needed that. I need to feel like I'm giving everything that my mind has to give every day. Like I need to come home semi dead. Like I've, I've, right given everything that I have. But I don't feel bad if I don't pick up my kids from school because, yeah, I didn't pick them up. I don't pick them up. But when they come home from school, and an hour later, I'm home. I'm making them dinner. I'm spending quality time with them. In the weekends, I'm with them all day. When we travel, we travel as a family, four of us, and we spend real quality time. I'm there. I'm there. I'm accessible. And my kids are really proud of me. And I feel Mm -hmm. it. So, you know, like sometimes some moms will say, like, how do you do it? It's not that complicated because if you take away the guilt factor and you're also super organized, that's like you have to be really organized. That's key, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like you have to, at 6 a.m., you need to have your menu written down, like this is what I need to do, this is how I'm going to do it. You know, on Sundays, I plan my meals for the whole week so that I do the right groceries. I do my groceries online. I don't go. It's more effective. And then I know like every day what's being planned and I know that my kids are eating well and they're happy and that I'm there. So just like, you know, stop feeling guilty because when we stop feeling guilty, we have like sky is the limit. Sometimes like as Mm. women, we just feel bad. I feel bad for this. I feel bad for that. And don't feel bad. Don't. There is absolutely nothing to feel bad about. There is enough hours in a day for everything, Mm -hmm. I think.
0: And actually, because you brought up family, and I noticed an interesting story with the name for your brand. So I I actually want to ask you how you picked Maison Tess.
1: So um, I couldn't find a name. Again, I couldn't find sourcing, and I couldn't find a name. Every (laughs) domain name that I wanted to buy online was taken or there was a legal thing. And uh, I told, uh, I told someone, I don't understand, I'm going to lose my mind. Like I had this idea and I wanted to share it like with friends and family, you know, pick their brains. And I kept on referring to it as my project. And after a while, it sounds like silly, my project, my project. I said, I cannot find a name for this. He said, you have to make it up. I said, well, what am I going to name it? Tess? And Tess actually stands for Thomas, which is my husband, Ellie, which is my son, and Sasha, which is my daughter. So she has two mm. S's in her, in her name. It makes Tess. I and love it. <laughs> and it brings together
0: kind of, you know, your passions yeah. uh, all, all in one place. Thank you so much for speaking with me today. Thank you, Eva. I hope you enjoy our conversation. And if you did, as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and give us a review. Five stars would be appreciated. Thank you to TD Bank Group Web Entrepreneurs for their support of The Brand is Female. You've got it in you to succeed. Let TD help guide you. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and click on the TD logo. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back in a week with a new guest.